And let's look over at Romans chapter 11. Oh, the Lord is good. He's directing our steps. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. 11, 29. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. That's short. We can read it again. <laughs> For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Meaning, what does that mean? That means once God gives, once God calls, He doesn't change His mind. He doesn't take back. I know Job said that, but I'm going with Jesus. <laughs> you know, He gives and takes away. Job was... Didn't, he just didn't know some things. He wasn't sinning when he said that. But <laughs> The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. God doesn't change his mind. He doesn't call someone and then say, nah, never mind. He doesn't gift someone, give something to someone, uh, whether they're talking about ministry gifts or whatever. Give something to someone and then yank that gift back. Once he gives, it's done. How many, know, how many know you can see that in, in uh, the Garden of Eden? You can see that after Adam and Eve uh, didn't do right with what God gave them, which was dominion over all of His creation. He gave that to them. God didn't step in and say, um, mm, this is not working out real well. I'm going to take that back. No, 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 no. He gave, and they were freely allowed to give that away to Satan. As those in our healing teams know and have understand that uh, basically that's how Satan became the God of this world. God gave it to Adam, gave, Adam gave it to Satan, right? And, and, and so God gives and that's it. That's the end of the story. God calls and the call remains. Well, what if we don't want that call? Well, the call st is still there. There are some, you know, God has given us free will. He's given us choice. And I'm thankful for that, I guess. <laughs> you know, most of the time, <laughs> you know, sometimes you wish God would have stopped you, right? <laughs> Just not allowed you to do certain dumb things. But God has given us free will. But not everything is controlled by free will. Not everything in life is up to us. There are many things that God decided ahead of time. He's God, and He did. He decided, I'm going to put this gift in this person's hand. I'm going to call this person to do X, Y, and Z, but I'm not going to call this other person to do it, and I'm going to give it to so-and-so. Well, what if so-and-so doesn't want to do it? Well, they have, still have a free will in, in, in regards to obedience, or disobedience. They can do it or they can reject. God won't force their hand and say, you are going to do this. No. He said, I'm just going to call you to do it. I'm going to gift you to do it. I'm going to enable you. I'm going to empower you and I'm going to hold you accountable for it. <laughs> but, but 
it's not up to us to pick and choose. You know, we like to pick and choose in our country. You know? Our flesh loves choice. We lo- I like buffets. There's certain things I can go on the buffet. Nope. <laughs> not going to have it. Not going to have that. You know, menus are good. I'm not going to have this, but I'm going to have this and this and this and this. Right? We all do that. We like choice. And in many aspects of life, that serves us fine. When it comes to the gifts and callings of God, it's not up to you. It's not up to me. I want to be like so-and-so. I want to do, you know, I want to be able to sing like this person. (laughs) So do I. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be able to whatever in life. I want to be, well, some things aren't up to us. Really, the goal of our lives and, and, uh, and, those who are parents should direct their kids this way as well. The goal of our lives ought not to be ought not to be that we're going to decide what to do with our lives. You know what I'm saying there? Where like a menu or like a buffet? No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. No, no. Uh, I'm just. What are you doing? I'm deciding what to do with my life. What kind of career? Just who I'm going to marry? Where I'm going to live? Where I'm going to? Go to church, where I'm gonna, who I'm going to be friends with. It's just all up to me. Well, have you ever thought that God has something to say about any of that? And it's not all to be just about our decision. It is to be about being committed to doing whatever the Lord leads us to do. And it is about not deciding but discovering. And we should be in a constant discovery process throughout our lives, uh, not, not always questioning what we've already discovered, but to, to see more and to understand more of what God's specific directives are for us. Because in accordance with that, we'll be held accountable. And the Lord will ask me, not what did you do with what she's supposed to do with her life, no, but what did you do with what you're supposed to do? I'm not going to be compared with different people. You're not going to be compared with me as we stand before the Lord. But it will all be in accordance with what God called us to do. Hmm. It's like the principle um, in, in the Scripture that says, To him who knows to do good and doesn't do it, to him that is sin. How, how, how do you define what sin is? Well, you can see by a scripture like that, it's not necessarily what I do or don't do. It's what I know that I'm supposed to do and I don't do. All right, We become accountable for what we know. However, even in the, in the, in the midst of this, there's got to be, and I believe there is, a certain responsibility for us to seek God and find out what we're supposed to do. If the call is there independent of me, if the gifting is there by God's own choosing, then I must at some point along the road of my life ask Him, seek Him, follow a leading when I have it, because ultimately I've got to know where my place is. Now, if that takes a little bit of time with you, well, fine. But if we're seeking the will of God, His plan and purpose for our lives, then we're doing the right thing. Because again, some things are fixed. If I don't want to pastor this church, I can quit. But I'm still going to stand before God and give account for pastoring the church. 
know what I'm saying? Why? Well, I, I didn't get a pick. I got a two. I mean, I enjoy, I like it. I'm, don't, uh, don't get me wrong here. I'm not <laughs> trying to get out of a gig. <laughs> There's, there is fulfillment and satisfaction in the call of God. For all of us, there really is. doesn't mean there's not temptation to ever do something different, though, either. Okay? But we're all held accountable before God to do what we're supposed to do with our lives. Amen. And so God's not going to change His mind. To some, that might sound as bad at, as, like, bad news. <laughs> Junk. <laughs> but it really should be comforting to us. It really should be good news. Here's the thing, what the Lord dealt with you about a while ago, He didn't forget. He may have dealt with you about it 10 years ago and said, you know, I really want to use you in this area or I really want to want you to do some things here. Well, He didn't forget about that, did He? No, because time is different with God. With us, oh, that's a long time ago. The Lord hasn't even said anything to me about it like for a while. Well, that's because to him, it's like he said it yesterday. And just because we forgot doesn't mean he forgot, right? And so we should all, all, all know this about the Lord. Why? So we can feel bad about, no, no, no. Just so we can know. However long we're here on the earth, you know, let's round it off to 100. We've got 100 years to do, with what, do what God's called us to do. And I don't mean you want to wait till 99 to get started, <laughs> Because some things we miss out on if we do that. Let's, let's look at Second uh, Peter. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. They don't change. I know the context there is talking about Israel and their call and so forth. But it, it, it rolls over into uh, anything that God calls and gifts. Second Peter. Chapter 1. Verse 10, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. Make your what? Your call and your election, how, what should we make them? Sure. sure, sure. Now, how many understand that your call and election in other words, God's side of this equation, He's the one who calls, elects, okay? God's side of that is not in flux. Like we saw, his, it's irrevocable. So when it comes to the call of God, what He wants you to do, what He wants me to do, God's not wavering on that, going back and forth, up and down, He's changing His mind, or you make some mistakes, and so he's changed his mind. No, that side is sure uh, from God's side. So what this must be talking about is our part of the equation. If God is absolutely faithful and consistent and going to continue always with his plan and his purpose for our lives, independent of what we do, then, then I must focus on my side. My ability to fulfill my call is not contingent upon God doing His part, but upon me being sure. Everybody say sure. sure. That's different than unsure. Right? 
Sure, sure. I don't know how you say that. <laughs> you ever analyzed a word so much you thought, that's a strange sounding word? <laughs> sure. <laughs> We're to make it, sure. But not sure. I'm not making it sure with God. God, are you still okay with this? You still good with this? Everything, okay, everything good on your end? Still want me to do still want me to do this? No, I need to be sure on my end. What happens if I'm not sure? Well, then I'm going to be much more likely to stumble. Why? Because there's always going to be obstacles to us doing the will of God. There's always going to be things in the way. If not, we would all just skate on in through life and we'd all do the perfect will of God with a smile in the whole time. We skate on into glory and get a big crown. But not. There's hiccups. There's bumps. There's attacks. There's challenges. There's people that try to sway you. There's, there's all kinds of things in life that we have to navigate through. But the only way to stay on course is to be sure. I must be sure about some things. What are you sure about? What are you certain about? If there's an uncertainty, then there's opportunity to change direction and get off course. Well, what has the Lord called us to? We know this, that the Lord first and foremost has called us to be in His family. The Bible word is saints. You know, you're called to be a saint. You ever notice, let's look, uh, a lot of the books start this way, Romans. Romans 1. Romans 1, Paul writing this letter to the Romans, he's, he, and it's written, of course, for our benefit as well. Verse 7, to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be, what? Saints. 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 Now, if, if any of you are, uh, have a Catholic background, you have certain people that get exalted to, to, to sainthood and, and so forth. Well, scripturally speaking, Anyone who is saved is called a saint. They're separated by God unto himself, sanctified for his very purposes. Okay, look at the next book, uh, 1 Corinthians. We'll just look at two of these. Verse 1, Paul said he's writing, he's an apostle. Verse 2, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be, what? Saints. saints. You know, and the scripture says we're to pray for all saints. And that's not talking about dead people. It's not talking about, you know, those who have just done certain things. If you look at this, I mean, th this group of people at Corinth, if you know the book, uh, they're sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, but they were the most carnal bunch around. They were fleshy, and they fought, and they, and they had all kinds of immorality going on in, in, in their church. But still, this same language is used, right? And so what has God called us to? Sainthood. <laughs> do we have any saints in the house? Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, we're not saying we're, we do everything perfect, are we? No, but we're saying he's, has, He has done that in us. He has made us to be something. He has called us to be something. And, it, and, and should, should we be sure about that? 
Yeah, if we're called, we should make sure our calling. Make our call and election sure, not from God's standpoint, but from our standpoint. One of the basic foundations of ever fulfilling what God wants you to do and making it through and being confident in life is to absolutely be assured and sure, sure, sure of your position and standing with God. But it's not uncommon uh, for people to be questioning at times their, their, sta- their place with God, question what God is feeling towards them, question their salvation. Many Christians question, uh, you know, I give a pretty strong blunt altar call in our services and uh you know because i'm trying to clean up the mess and you know in the sense of uh i realize sometimes by the way i present it uh, i'm gonna pull in at times saved people who aren't sure but i'd rather risk that than to have someone thinking oh i'm good i'm a member you know (laughs) you know i'm a I've been raised in, in Christian, Christendom, and I, I was born a Christian, and all, all this kind of stuff, because I want to rescue those people, and we have many times, many times, people who've been in church for years, never been born again, and they respond. But occasionally now, what happens is someone's sitting there, they've been saved, they've, been, they've given their life to the Lord, but because I put it so direct, and all of a sudden they feel the flames. <laughs> It's like, uh, I better get in on this again. (laughs) But how many know, truly, a person never needs to be saved again. There's no born-again-again scriptures. But what every one of us need is to make sure our calling. And I am called to be with Him, to live for Him, to be created in His image and and, and all this kind of stuff. That's my call from God. He's not changing in any respects regarding my call, but I must make sure of that. All right? You shouldn't have a day where you wonder, man, if I got hit by a car right now, I'd be in trouble. You know, in the the sense I might go to hell or I might go to heaven. And, And it's unfortunate that a lot of Christians... Really, some who have been Christians for a long time struggle with that. And if you have, you don't need to. I don't know if you've ever had, I've had a lot of questions over the years concerning this. And one of them is, that's kind of a side note here, but I'll, it's, it's okay. One of them is people ask, can you go to heaven? Can you truly be saved if you don't get baptized? Because the Bible gives some strong words concerning water baptism and puts it right in the context of, of salvation. Mark 16, 18, right, or 15. Um, and, uh, and so people ask, can you be saved without being baptized? Um, and the answer, the answer that, that is, of course, yes. A person can go to heaven without being baptized in water, but you shouldn't put it off. You shouldn't not do it because that's the Lord's plan. However, someone could be hit by a car, you know, I'm using the car accident illustration tonight, but get in a car accident, you fly out the window, you're laying in the ditch. You know, sinner's laying in the ditch, and he's just conscious enough to say, I call, you know, Lord, have mercy on me. I make Jesus my Savior now, and they die. Where do they go? 
they go to heaven, even if there's no water running in the ditch. <laughs> right? You know, when we see the, the thief on the cross, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Right? No, no baptism, nothing there. But we don't diminish it because it'll help you live this life to get water baptized. But, the, but again, one of, the, one of the things people have, they, they have this riding with them. Have I done everything I need to do? Is there anything I've forgotten, anything I missed? Could I be in trouble? And we've got to, I know this is elementary, but it's surprising how, many, how the enemy will use little thoughts, use little things to condemn people, and they're not sure. They're not sure about some of the, the, these very important issues. What should we do? Make sure. How can I make sure? Well, a lot of that simply goes back to this. Uh, have, we ask ourselves the question, have we done what the Lord said to do in order to know that we have relationship and eternal life? Have I done that? If I've done that, then I know. And you, you get established. Let's look at 1 John 5. 1 John 5. Verse 11. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. Is that pretty clear? These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Why did He write to them? So that they would know that they what? That they have. That they have. How many understand that's different than that you may know or at least have high hopes that you're going to get eternal life? Notice how he uses that word in the past tense narrative there. He says that you might know that you have. What is that? That's being sure of your calling. That's knowing of at, for an absolute certainty that you have something from God. Many people have been taught that when you die, that, you, that you'll receive eternal life if you're saved. But that's not true. That's not true. The truth is, the very moment a person receives Jesus, they receive eternal life. Eternal life is not something that begins when we die, but it's something that begins the moment we give our lives to the Lord. His Spirit comes in us, now we present tense, we possess, we have hold of eternal life. Isn't that, isn't that good news? I'm so glad I don't have to be saved. I'm so glad I, I, I don't really need forgiveness. Now I realize if I do something wrong, sin can affect my own mind, my own heart, but as far as with God, that's already, it's already dealt with. It's already forever been, been settled. It's forever been dealt with. I, present tense, have the Son. So I don't, I'm not sure if I really have eternal life. Eternal life. Do you have the Son? Who's the Son? Jesus. Have you invited the Son 
into your life. You invited Jesus into your life. Then the, then the Lord says, you then have eternal life. You're not trying to get it. You're not working towards it. You're not in a progress, you know, of, of obtaining eternal life. No, you have already received, and you present tense, have the life of God. If you have the Son, now say it with me. I have the life of God in me. I'm saved. I know it. I've received eternal life. Amen. Yeah, it's good to just be serious. It's good to be conscious of God's life in us because we live very aware of our life. Hmm. But to be conscious of God's life in us, it helps us to be sure. You know God will never take that back from you. You know one reason why, why people will at times feel tempted to or at times respond to a salvation call even though they're already saved? Sometimes it's because they've been sinning. They've got some sin happening in their life. They've been doing the wrong thing. And a Christian knows when they're violating the light that they have. When they know to do good and they do wrong, you can't really get away from that. You push it aside because it's uncomfortable, but it's ever-present with you. The Bible says your heart condemns you in this same book of 1 John. Uh, your, your own heart, not God will not condemn you, but your own heart will condemn you. It'll say, you rascal. And you'll look like, what's that? <laughs> Have you ever tried to ignore another person? Someone's calling you, and you're just like, I don't hear them. Yeah. <laughs> We have a couple honest people here. No, I've never done that. <laughs> Cell phone rings and I'm busy. <laughs> maybe you were. Maybe you didn't want to talk to that person. I don't know if you've done that. But here's the thing with your conscience. <laughs> Man, it's ever-present. <laughs> your heart is always there with you. And, uh, and that's, again, the reason why some, they get into a church service, and God's Spirit is here, and God's presence is, is, is in the house, and mm, they know something's wrong, and it's not God's presence doing that to them. God is always pulling us toward Himself. But when there's something out of line in our lives, it's like, ah, it's uncomfortable. And sometimes people will, salvation call, yeah, I need to get saved. Well, you don't need to get saved. All right, you may need to deal with an issue in your life, but deal with that and then know. And even if, how many understand, sin never sent, has never sent anyone to hell. No one goes to hell because, of, because they sinned. No one goes to hell for lying. No one goes to hell for getting drunk. No one goes to hell for cheating or whatever, for doing any kind of, kind of sin. If that's the case, and it's interesting when you bring that kind of subject up, sometimes people have been saved a long time, their head goes, tilt, <laughs> tilt. And it's because we, ha we have this idea that our, our salvation is almost, I don't know if we'd say it this way, but it's also almost hanging in the balance constantly. We're just constantly in jeopardy, and if we do the wrong thing and accidentally die like right afterwards, <laughs> we're out of there. We're in trouble. Huh? A lot of Christians think that way, and, and, and we shouldn't. We go to heaven based upon our acceptance of the Savior, 
based upon we have the Son. He didn't say if you have the Son and didn't have a bad thought that day. You know, the day of your demise. He didn't say if you have the Son but haven't sinned for a week. He who has the Son and doesn't smoke. He who has the Son and hasn't cussed. Hmm. He just said he who has the Son has life. Has life. Because if, it's, it, if, it, if it is a matter of us having every little thing in absolute perfection, everything's in a row, and everything's just right, haven't had a bad thought all day, I haven't let alone acted on it, now I can die. Quick, Lord. <laughs> Get me while everything's good. <laughs> How many know there's nobody in heaven? <laughs> You know, maybe the person that got saved in the ditch <laughs> without the water. <laughs> they might be the only one there because they didn't have time to ever think a bad thought or do anything wrong after getting saved. And so let's not let, let, let those kind of things be a hindrance in our walk. All right? I'm sure because I have the Son. It doesn't mean we take sin lightly. It doesn't mean that obedience is not important. Absolutely is, all right? And, uh, but we can have confidence in the blood. We can have faith in the Son and know that God's call never changes. We can rest assured in our place with Him, our standing with Him. Amen? Amen. And so then you, then you move on from there. And we know that the Lord has not only called us to be with Him, called us to be a part of His family, a part of His kingdom, but the Lord uh, deals with us concerning various things that we are to do in life. You have a call on your life. What does that mean? That means God called and He gave an assignment. It's a, it's a call, just like, uh, Pastor Mickey, could you come over and help me do X, Y, and Z? Then He could answer my call <laughs> and come do what I asked him to do. God calls. And that comes in many different forms, fashions, even times uh, of life. Some people know from a, from a childhood, oh, God has a special something for me. Some people don't discover that till later. As far as my call to, to, to ministry, full-time ministry and uh, pastoring and stuff, I, see, I was a Christian when I was young, uh, just young. I, I, I got born again when I was a kid. Um, later, a number of years later, got baptized in the Spirit, spoke in tongues, and uh, thank God for all those things. But whether it was my lack of pursuing God's plan and being in tune, or whether it's just God didn't tell me yet, I'm not certain. But I know that it was later, it was about when I was uh, just turning 18 years old, when I started to see it. Oh, what's that? I was actually wandering through life a little bit. You know, I mean, I was still young, so, but still, that's the kind of time, that's the time in life when people are trying to figure it out. <laughs> All right, done with high school now, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know. And I was in college at the time and, and uh, just pursuing nothing, <laughs> 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 just 
just going, which doesn't help with motivation, by the way. But I began to seek the Lord, and He began to deal with me, and I started to see. I started to see something He wanted me, and at first I didn't know. It's like, oh, God wants to use me. Oh, if you know the story, God wants to do great things in my life. That was the word. And, uh, and, and, the, and the Lord began to deal with me. But I didn't know it immediately right away. I just knew, okay, good. And I finished doing some school. And then I went and milked some cows and, and, uh, and, and did that. And the Lord stirring me and taking me the whole time along a path. But I'm, what am I doing? I'm no longer trying to figure out and decide what to do with my life. I'm in discovery mode. You know, like your computer will get into discovery mode where it's looking for things that you just plugged in. <laughs> New device found. What's this? <laughs> Hate to make the comparison, but it's like the, <laughs> the cow at the new gate. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen a cow and you put a, put a new, you know, got a new gate there. It doesn't, it's like, what is this? This what? <laughs> and their, you know, their intelligence is real low, but they know something's different here. <laughs> Not sure what it is. <laughs> and I began to look. <laughs> I see something I didn't see before. <laughs> and the Lord led me along that path, and you know, as I followed Him and took step by step, I began to see more clearly. And uh, and even when I started. Um, I, I started in, 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 in Bible school and training for the ministry. That's what it was designed for. People would ask me, are you, so you're going to be a preacher? I'd say maybe. <laughs> 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 Why? I was still making sure my calling. <laughs> I mean, I'm following something, something that was very real. And, uh, but at the beginning, was I completely sure? I wasn't. And, and sometimes as you go along, you'll find, you know, that the Lord, whether it's the Lord just gives you little pieces, I know He does that sometimes, or sometimes it's your own personal perception and your ability to see and recognize what the Lord's doing. I can recognize many times now very clear, much clearer what the direction of the Lord is as to back then it was, this is really cloudy. <laughs> but you follow it when you see. You see a little bit, you go towards that. And you take a step. And if you find out that's wrong, okay. Back up. Back up to where it was good. Where I knew I was doing the right thing. And if you see something else, well, you step towards that. Oh, it's opening up. And then you see more. And that's, how, that's, that's really how the Lord dealt with me and how He worked in my, worked in my life. And as, as I began to pursue, I began to see more. I began to see more. I began to understand and say, oh. Well, and at times I thought, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I mean, I don't know if I can do that, but the call of God would be present today if I were still milking the cows. <laughs> would be present in my life, and I would hate those cows, I'm telling you. <laughs> I know I would. I'd be like, I'm so tired of these stinking cows, and they do stink. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm so tired. Why, why would I say that? Because that's a bad industry? No. Because I don't like milk, cheese, butter, and ice cream? No. 
<laughs> whipped cream and so forth. <laughs> no, that's not the case. But because I am not supposed to be doing that. And if, if you're not supposed to be doing that, whatever that is, there'll be frustration. Doesn't mean that God has left you. Doesn't mean you've lost your salvation. It just means you'll recognize, I don't fit doing this perpetually. Sometimes you do things that you're not called to for a time, for a season, because it enables, it's like, call, call, Paul wasn't called to build tents, but at times in his ministry, short periods, he, he had to build tents in order to fulfill his call of being an apostle, writing Bibles and stuff, you know, <laughs> establish, you know, being a part of the early church and, and doing a tremendous thing for God. Sometimes he had to do things, and maybe he was doing the tents, you know, and building these tents thinking, I don't feel anointed doing this. <laughs> you know, this isn't really fulfilling. But sometimes you do what you need to do in order to answer God's call. But again, let me just get back to this, and, and this is the last of what I think I'm going to say about this. Um, but whatever it is, we've got to get sure about something. Don't live in limbo land for very long. Don't live year after year in wondering. Give attention to. Make it your focus. If there's something burning and it's just not clear, you've got some direction, but you're just not sure it's time to make sure because you'll never be able to do it successfully and do it long term without knowing. When it comes to uh, people in ministry, pastors and teachers and evangelists and so forth uh, uh, in ministry, the quit rate is real high. The, well, the, the statistics are staggering at times how many people leave ministry every year. And sometimes, well, there's a lot of different reasons why it happens, you know. Uh, but sometimes it's people just aren't sure. They're not sure that they're called, and maybe they went in with some hesitation, and then when the attacks came, then when the pressure mounted and the pressure built, it exposed it. And it's easy to step out. But something, something can get inside of you and, and is in me. And uh, it's like what Paul said at one place. He said, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. In other words, I've got to do this. You can't, it's hard to stop the dog from barking. <laughs> it's hard to stop the preacher from preaching. You got the preach in you, and it's got to come out. It comes out on the beach occasionally, you know. <laughs> what I'm saying is there can be breaks, but there can be seasons, but there can ne you can never permanently do away with what you're supposed to do in your life. For me, you know, has to do with teaching the Word and, and so forth and the rest of the things that are involved with my call. But you can't ever get away from something. Well, I'm just fed up with people. <laughs> well, I'm just fed up. 
<laughs> I'm just fed up with this, that, or the other. Well, that doesn't change the call. <laughs> it just doesn't. And there are many reasons why people don't do what they're called to do. Some people, people get called to be a part of a certain church. And uh, being in leadership, you recognize this, that sometimes people override that. And they just do what they, they do whatever they want to do. No consulting the Lord. No, I just don't like what they said. I don't like what this person did. I'm mad at such and such. Well, what does that have to do with the call? What, what does that have to do with it? Oh, you thought, you thought that, uh, that if God calls you to do something, it's going to be easy for the rest of your life. There's never going to be any sweat. You're never going to have to forgive anybody. <laughs> Remember that, forgiveness? Let me know that's on, on every one of our journeys. As I follow the Lord, there'll be someone to forgive along the way. And if I don't, what happens? Well, that's when you get into that root of bitterness that eats you up and really messes things up in your life. Amen. And so, to do the will of God, to fulfill the call of God, to answer what He wants us to do in life, and that's un, and I'm not... Definitely not just referring to those in, in recognized full-time ministry, five-fold ministry capacity. It's all of what we do. Uh, there'll definitely be opportunity to, to jump ship and do something different. But make sure. Make sure. Make sure you're calling. Then you'll not stumble. Then you'll not get tripped up. Amen.